It's your own time you're wasting. Ramblings from Beyond the Classroom with Marie and Jodie. Hi, I'm Jodie. Uh, I'm an old maths teacher. I... <laughs> I'm Jodie, I'm a young maths teacher, um, I've just turned 30, which is painful, um, and now I work for Beyond, writing their educational maths stuff. Hello, I'm Marie, and I'm a former English teacher, um, I also taught media studies and drama, and I am old. Uh, because I'm you know. way past 30. Uh, and I also now work for Beyond, writing lots of lovely secondary resources. <laughs> um, what do you miss most about teaching then, Gon Murray? Oh, definitely. It has to be the, the pupils, the kids, because um, they just amused me all the time, in a, in a, not in a horrible way. They were just very funny, things they'd come up out with and um, when they were reading, once when they were reading Macbeth, one of them rang, one of them read, hang out the banners as hang out the bananas. <laughs> and the whole class just exploded <laughs> into laughter. Um, things like that, that I, that I do miss. See, I don't miss the kids, but I think that's because I do quite a lot of stuff with kids still. So um, I'm, I'm still tutoring math, so I have the kids that I tutor and I still get that um, kind of rewarding but I also run a junior rowing club and so they're all secondary school age and they are just lovely and it's it's a much nicer environment than in, in yeah. the classroom because well we're outside and they all want to be there yeah and that kind of makes a big makes a big difference huge yeah I mean that is do you think that's an issue with teaching a core subject that they sort of have to be there yeah whether and, they want to be or not yeah and a maths has this kind of risk people seem to think that maths needs to be helpful and you need to be able to use it in future life mm. you always get that question when am i ever going to use this um and i don't know if you get that in english well we do about things like shakespeare yeah why do i need to know this miss mm-hmm. i'm never going to read any shakespeare yeah you say, no but i'm you know i'm broadening your horizons and, and opening you up to new experiences yeah it's that you don't necessarily need to have a use and actually you know, the stuff that I'm teaching you, no, probably 95% of you aren't going to use, but one of you might go on to be a scientist or this or that, and that's going to use the topics that we've got. Yeah, and actually, I think that is a bit of an issue in education at the moment, that the other thing you do get is, is this on the exam? And if it's not, they're not interested. And yeah. I think that is an issue because education is for its own sake. And I don't know if it's because I've become a tutor and kind of it's a bit different one-to-one, but mm-hmm. I think I'm seeing that more. Um, and having to kind of justify at the moment we've just finished the summer holidays and doing loads of problem solving stuff and it's not always directly linked to the curriculum but it's developing those skills and I kind of feel like I have to justify developing those skills every week we're going to talk about a different topic and this week's topic is new year new you how do you feel going back to school after the summer holidays. Oh, it's that sense of dread, isn't it? Um, having to like clean your clothes and find mm-hmm. your posh work shoes and check the tires on your car are done right and all that other really boring stuff. Yeah, and because because you've been wearing Crocs all summer as well, your school shoes feel really tight. Yeah. 
when you yeah, definitely. Yeah. And things like um, having to kind of sleep train yourself to start mm-hmm. getting up on time. I was always a get into school an hour before the bell goes and, and make sure that I've got everything. Yes, same, day. same. Um, but yeah, I was always quite jealous of the people who could just rock up at 10 to 9. Mm. No, I couldn't do that either. But also you've got to retrain your bladder. Yes. Because during the six weeks you can go to the toilet whenever you want. But at school, you absolutely cannot. But I would notice that I, I would need the loo at exactly 10.15 mm. without fail. When it was break time. Yeah. Even though yeah. I'd only been up for 10 minutes at that point, I needed the loo. So your bladder was institutionalised? Yeah. I have an institutionalised bladder. Mm. <laughs> Things you never yeah. thought you'd say. Were you, were you a resolution type person? Did you make New, New Year's resolutions? Always. Always. Yeah. I always had to. My, my big one was always marking. I'm going to keep up to date with the marking. Um, and it always fell by the wayside, and I always end up marking books with three different pens, so it looked like I'd done them at different times. <laughs> I, I did that trick. That was weird. on admission, but yeah, it's true. But I didn't because I didn't feel. I used to be able to because I taught SEM classes. They were very small, so I was able to walk around and give feedback while they were actually doing the work. So I never felt yeah. the need to mark because I never read it anyway. To be fair. Um, so, but then obviously if Ofsted came in or you had a book scrutiny, your books had to be all beautiful. Yeah, I always struggled with the marking and keeping on track of it. And I'd always start every new year with good intentions mm-hmm. and they would maybe last till the end of the first week. Um, I never sat down and properly did New Year's resolutions, partly because I had a history teacher when I was at school that used to make us do them and I didn't like her. So it kind of reminds me of that history teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, making her do it she's now a deputy head and she makes everyone in the school do them at the front of their planner and um what like school-based resolutions for the beginning of the academic year yep and you had to have one based on your grades if you were in gcse year you had to have this you had to have that oh that's quite prescriptive isn't it she was a very prescriptive person yeah she once gave me a detention because i put my planner in the wrong corner oh dear lord <laughs> she didn't treat me as a teacher no she wouldn't have liked my classroom at all <laughs> she was definitely one of those in fact no she wasn't don't smile before christmas she was like don't smile before they're 20 was oh. her mantra all oh, right okay um so any memorable anecdotes from the beginning of the school year i've got one go on you go. i had a year seven a new year seven in um, and they're all quite sweet aren't they they're still quite childlike and because I was doing, I was filming a soap opera with another class, so I had a duvet and pillows in my classroom because we were doing a scene that involved yep. a bed. And I managed to convince the New Year 7 that I actually lived at school and that I never, <laughs> ever went anywhere else. I was just always in school. And that I used the showers in the changing rooms in the morning. I slept in my classroom and I only really left to go to Tesco and buy food. And <laughs> for a full half term... I had them 100% believing it. I had to tell them in the end because it was just too cruel. Um, my slightly traumatising anecdote, anecdote from the beginning of my very, very first school year as an NQT, I walked into my very first class as a fully qualified teacher, which was an A-level class. And kind of started like, this is what we're going to do. This is what you need to expect. This is, it was the old core one, core two, kind of, you sit UASs. This is the exams you're going to sit this year. 
about five minutes into it, one of the students puts a hand up and says, I've made a mistake. I don't want to do this A-level. Do you mind if I go and change? I was like, oh, five minutes into my first ever class and someone's already quit. It's only going to get worse than this. Um, she did actually come back in the end and did sit it. She ended up getting a grade B in her own. Oh, that was good. Yeah, but that was... Yeah. Um, I went back to the staff room afterwards and was like, it's gone all wrong. <laughs> Everything is a tragedy. Did you think this was like going to be the tone of your entire career? I assumed everyone would be quitting lessons all the time. You'd have year <laughs> sevens just being like, nope, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least year sevens aren't allowed to do that, so you're all right. And to be yeah. fair, my next A-level class had plenty of people who should have dropped but didn't. So, mm. you know, swings and roundabouts. And what about that don't smile before Christmas bit? What do you think about that? It never suited me. Behaviour management wasn't my strong point, to be fair. Same. Um, but I'm always smiling. I can't help it. I'm not very good at being grumpy. And if I was grumpy all the time, it made me feel really awkward. Like, mm. I'd go home and I'd still be grumpy because you've been playing this part all day. Mm. And I just, I didn't like playing a part in the classroom. I like to be as close to myself as I can. Yeah, and I same. Smiling, so. Yeah, I did. I never stuck to that either because I just felt my only behaviour management technique was to get the kids on my side. So there was no way I weren't smiling. Exactly. No. It's such a. I knew by the time I was about year eight or year nine that teachers did that, and it was just such a boring way of doing it. And everyone mm. knew what you were doing, and I just didn't see the point of it. Do you feel like, though, because you're a maths teacher, that the pupils have a different expectation of the relationship they'll have with you? Or do you feel maths is just as open to having a good banter with the kids as, as any other subject? Because it's set it normally from year seven or mm. quite early on in year seven. You have your lower ability classes and they're kind of just conditioned to hate the subject and to hate mm. everything about it. Mm. And... With maths, more so than every like any other subject, it's kind yeah, of acceptable to be bad at maths. Mm. And you have people say, oh, I was never any good at maths, including like parents and other teachers. Yeah. And you never have people say, oh, I was never very good at English. Or, oh, I can't read very well. Like, it just doesn't happen. So there's, yeah, there's kind right. of this social acceptance that it's all right to be a bit rubbish yeah. at maths and yeah. you'll be fine. And actually, it's a bit fun to be rubbish at maths in a way that you don't have with other subjects, except for maybe art. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. One of, one of maths teacher that I worked with once said to me, I tell the pupils at the beginning of the year in year 10, um, you will not get to know me. We will not have a relationship, but I will get you a B in the GCSE. And that to me was a weird way of teaching. But it, wor it worked for her. That was her style. But not there's, that. A, there's a lot of people like that, to be fair. A lot of the kind of old school maths teachers are like yeah. that. Yeah. I... The kind of way I showed my personality, I guess, is by sprinkling in the things that I like. Mm. Um, so I really like the history of maths. I think it's really fascinating. And so I'd quite often, there's some obvious ones like Pythagoras, where you'd mm. be like, talk about Pythagoras or whatever. But also, if we're doing the metric system, I'd talk about the history of the metric system and where we could go and why we have it. And I'd try mm. and find something interesting about most topics. And I'd also try and find an application of the topics, even if it was like, yeah. This will lead to this, will lead to this, which is rocket science. Yeah. You know. I think a bit of context goes a long way, actually. I used to do the same with, with mine. 
um, letting them look at old English and Middle English and, mm. you know, see how the language has developed and changed and see how actually the way Shakespeare wrote isn't that different. It's your own time you're wasting. So why not stick the kettle on, put your feet up and have a cuppa? Ah, bliss! So, Marie and I are joined today by Sam, who is another English teacher, so I'm very much outnumbered today. Um, Sam is... Go on, Sam, you introduce yourself. Oh, great. So, I am the uh, well, I'm the Beyond Manager. We make um, secondary resources and uh, we, uh, I look after English teachers, maths teachers, science teachers, geography teachers, relationship and sex education teachers. So, we were just talking about this, actually. Um, we were saying that with a maths teacher, the relationship with students can be really really different because well nobody likes maths um and being a core subject kind of affects that too do you see that in your teams do they feel different whether they're core subjects or not whether they're maths teachers or not certainly uh, an air of superiority when it comes to when it comes to the core subjects i would say that we're, we're double weighted and the other ones are not um but but what, what do you in terms of uh, the starting starting term and that that sort of thing is in do you think your the maths teachers that work for you have a different personality than say the english teachers that work for you oh yes yeah yeah 100 it's it's so it's so fun going around all of the different teams because because sort of a, as part of part of the work i do i do sort of go go to each team's meetings and and yes, the the maths teachers do tend to be um, just very very serious and very forthright. Not like you, Jody. You're not serious, but but very serious, very forthright, very straight to the point. Um, uh, whereas whereas the English teachers um, are much more. Uh, What's the word like? Like verbose? Is, is can verbose yeah. be a positive word? And uh, and and yet, and I know Marie. I mean, we've had this conversation before, but Marie sort of describes herself as as an introvert, and 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 sort of the whole English team kind of describe themselves as as introverts, which I find interesting. Yeah, well, if you get introverts in a safe space, no one talks more than an introvert because we don't say anything the rest of the time. <laughs> in there, ready to come out. Just, just storing yeah. all that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and then the science teachers. What are science teachers like? Also, also quite serious. I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think I, I just tend to have an English teacher bias because that's what I am. I, I find English teachers kind of. It's easier to be in a room with English teachers, whereas science and maths teachers, they, they, you know, they just want to get on with it. Yeah, I think there is like a definite type of person that teaches each subject. Yeah. I've been to English meetings and science meetings, um, and they are really different. They're just, they have, um, yeah, a lot more discussion where maths kind of goes, we've got this idea okay, let's do this idea, and then we'll come back the next day. That idea is done. <laughs> and that's kind of... Mm. And I think it's just that we're quite black and white sometimes. Mm. And if you get enough people like that, then the whole department's like that. 
yeah yeah i think that's mm. right and then and then sometimes in english we have an idea and we have to mull it for six months before we, we actually produce anything now sam i kind of get the impression you're the sort of person that went in the week before term started to get your classroom ready oh really what gives you that impression you have art on your wall i imagine you had all <laughs> your displays sorted you had um everything ready you had like labeled i just get that vibe from you am i right no no i, I i'm i'm the father of of four children and and the last thing I wanted to do was go back to school so I I you know I mean you have responsibilities with with a family so I just wanted to to kind of look after look after the family no that sounds really cute I didn't want to look after the family I wanted uh there was just loads going on there was plenty going on at home and there was absolutely no, I had no inclination to return to school. But did you do any prep at all, or did you just rock up on the first day and hope for the best? I think I was a, um, what do you call, is it a procrastinator? Is it procrastination if you sort of, basically I put it off and put it off and put it off, and, and, then, and then you would get, um, you would get the, some some sort of kind of staff day kind of on, on the Monday before you had to go back. And I would sort of think I need to do some work before that, and then I wouldn't do work before that, and then it would end up being the Monday night mm. that I would do it. It was always results day for me. I'd go in on results day, GCSE and A, and I'd mm. go in for the morning, do results, but then stay and do a couple of bits. Right. And that would be the only days that I'd go in. Like, I wouldn't get my classroom ready. I wouldn't do anything like that, but results day. Because you want to be there anyway, and yeah. you want to be there for the kids. You want to see the kids. And you might as well get a little bit of sorting. Uh, you see, I was the opposite. I would go in the first week of the holidays and do all what I needed to do. Wow. And then I, I knew I had the rest of the five weeks, then I could forget about it and relax. Okay. But we always had really good weather in that first week of the summer holidays. And I was in school working. And then it all went to pot <laughs> for the rest of the time. Yeah, I did do that. And did you do everything you No, you to never do get everything week? done, do you? But I at least felt not guilty because I'd I'd spent a week preparing. Yeah, I was I was definitely a last minute person. Normally, at least one of the results days was tidying up after everything I'd just left in a mess at the end of term, mm. um, mm. including mm. once a cup of tea I'd forgotten to get rid of. Oh, I bet that was a nice science experiment when you got back to it. Yeah, foot high mold. <laughs> well. I suppose this this sound may it sounds rather wholesome maybe when I think about it, but actually I didn't like to put displays on my walls particularly because what I liked to put on my walls was was pupils' work. So so actually I want I like to start the year with a bit of a, a blank canvas and then and then sort of as the year went on I would get them to sort of do big like brainstorm sheets or things and that. I was kind of the opposite. I'd spent the last couple of weeks of the year doing lots of displays um, and kind of put all that up. I liked, in my first teaching school, we had a maths board in every single classroom mm. that was the same in every single classroom. So it had things like logins for my maths and the mm. homework timetable when their exams was, all that kind of like stuff that's really helpful. That was really nice to have because every kid expected that in every classroom. And then I'd have other things around but that was normally i was quite focused on student work but i do it at the end of the year it's my end of year yeah i used to do um, that and make it really fancy yeah and then i always thought it was quite inspiring for when they came in 
the following year to look at the yeah, work yeah, that had yeah. already been done. I liked kind of having, as I said before, history of maths is I just geek out on it all the time. I was always keen to have like inspiring mathematicians up and I made sure mm-hmm. that I had like female mathematicians and math people of colour and all that different stuff. So I'd spend quite a lot of time making sure I had particular things and think it through for the year. So if I knew yeah. that I was going to be doing, say, Pythagoras, I'd always have Pythagoras up. So I could go over and be like, this is Pythagoras. This is him, yeah. So he's interesting. Um, and a lot of stuff around that. Uh, mm, sounds like you put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, yeah. This doesn't sound that last minute, Jodie. <laughs> I did as an NQT, and then I used the same thing every yeah, single year. Every, every year, yeah. Um, speaking of NQTs, what advice, Sam, would you give for someone starting a new teaching job? Well, I don't know. Any advice I'd give would maybe be a little bit hypocritical, but but sort of thinking about starting the new school year, I, I do sort of think about getting those getting those routines in, getting the routines in early. So things like if you if you want your pupils to behave a certain way as they enter the classroom, I certainly at the beginning of September, it would be, right, I'm going to get them to line up in the corridors, Y7s definitely line up in the corridor, let them in one by one, greet them all at the door, stand behind your desks, don't sit down until they've taken the register, or, 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 or anyway, yeah, whether it was before or after the register, I can't quite remember, but, you know, all those routines, and, and I suppose those are the things that I would recommend for, for a new teacher starting, however, whilst I started you know, day one, day two, attempting to do that in my own practice. Actually, it lasted a little longer than that. So, so, so it's slightly hypocritical to say it. But I think those things are are quite good to try and embed. And what about don't smile until Christmas? Where do you stand on that one? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think because uh, uh, I was listening into your conversation earlier and uh, and sort of to- talking talking about sort of acting as well and. I always tried to, I never really got it when, when teachers said to me, I act, I perform. I'm so, so everything I do is a performance. And I, I tried to, I tried to perform, but I just couldn't. I just felt too kind of emotionally invested in it to, to be an actor. And actually everything that I expressed, everything that I felt was just, it was just me. Which meant, which meant that kind of when you, when I was angry, I, I had, I, I've got a really loud voice. I've got a frighteningly loud voice. It frightened me. Um, and, when, and when I was angry and I let rip and I thought, right, this is just, this is, this is just acting. I'm not really feeling angry, but then I would let rip and I wouldn't recommend anyone kind of let rip. But when I did, it, I then felt really, really cross for the rest of the day, and I couldn't oh. bring myself down from that because once you've been up to there, you can't. Yeah, I kind of feel the opposite. Yeah. I didn't very often get really cross as a teacher, and I think it's because I wasn't the best behaved kid as a child. Like I wasn't a naughty, naughty kid, but I was just um, scatterbrained. So if a kid forgot their homework or a kid was an idiot, I could really empathise with them because I've probably been that stupid at some point. And I think that was kind of my challenge is I couldn't get that across because quite often I found them quite funny. Yeah, same, 
And I used to feel sorry for them when they came in and uh, they'd say, oh, miss, I've not got a pen. You know, are you going to give me a behaviour point? And I'd be like, oh, no, don't be daft. I've got three million <laughs> pens on my desk. But I did, in the end, because the pens went walkabout, I did resort to making them give me a shoe if they borrowed <laughs> a pen to make sure they didn't w walk out of the classroom. That's a great one. Back. It was a really, like, easy one. I mean, some of them said it was against their human rights. Uh, obviously, but I, I thought it was fine. The only time I got really cross about um, equipment is I had a year nine class and I prepped them all week that we were going to need compasses on Friday and I had them four times a week. So I told them on Monday, then I told them on Tuesday, then I told them on Thursday. And then they turned up on Friday and of a class of 30, two of them had one. And I spent oh, half that lesson I used to write behaviour points in their planner. And I spent mm. half the lesson writing a behaviour point in every single planner because one of the mm. kids said, oh, she won't give us all one, it's fine. So so I gave them all one, and that kid got two. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It's your own time you're wasting. Ramblings from Beyond the Classroom with Marie and Jodie. There's not a lot they don't know about teaching. Two stars and a wish. Let's start with the two stars, Jodie. Um, what two stars would you give from this episode? My star is going to be Sam getting really, really angry because I'm picturing him shouting at the top of his voice with like spit flying out of his mouth and his eyes <laughs> turning red and a vein popping. Um, so I'm just going to bear that in mind. And kind of keep thinking about that throughout the day. So that would be my style. What would yours be, Marie? Um, I think I'm going to take away, if I was still teaching, I would try and break your record five minutes and someone giving up on the class. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Um, Sam, do you have a star? Um, uh, no, no. No, I've not got. Stuff. You can help us decide our wish then. Um, what do you think would make things better for teaching at the start of the new year? Well, routine, routine. We've said. Yep. I said. Mm -hmm. Can 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 I have what I said? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Sam's vote is for routine. Um, I think my vote would be for colour coding your planner. Um, I was a definite colour coding different key stages, year groups, all that in your planner. It does help because it's just easier to kind of have a glance um, and come up with a medium term plan. Plan the half term, even if you haven't fully yeah. planned it. Yeah. My wish would be actually, when you go in for that first um, teacher day and you all sit in the hall and you get told loads of stuff, just get rid of that and let you go to your classroom and get on with yes. your work. Um, yeah. And filling in your planner with all the class lists and all that kind of thing. That's what I always wished when I was sitting there. Yeah. Please just let me yeah. get on with the work. What about you know the don't smile till September till till Christmas? Mm. Can we have just don't work until Christmas? Don't have staff meetings until Christmas. Yeah, I, that <laughs> okay. would be a good one. <laughs> Do you know what I think the school would run perfectly well if you took all the meetings out? I think I really do. On that bombshell, we should wrap it up here. Um, Absolutely. Our advice to making things better as a teacher is to get rid of all meetings. And just get on yeah, job. absolutely. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on our first podcast. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I've been Jodie. And I've been Marie. Goodbye.
This podcast is proudly produced by Beyond. Please bear in mind the views and opinions expressed are those of individuals and may not represent those of Beyond or Twinkle.